Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for October 4th is Matthew chapter 3, Mark chapter 1, and Luke chapter 3. John the Baptist came to prepare the way of the Lord. We begin in Matthew 3. He came, John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, because the kingdom of heaven has come near, or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If it is at hand, it means you can reach out and touch it. You can grab hold of it. You can apprehend it. And Jesus actually came preaching about the kingdom of heaven being active on this earth. It was not so much about dying and going to heaven someday. It was very much about apprehending, taking part in, pushing forward the kingdom of heaven on this earth. Even in his prayer, when the disciples asked him how to pray, God, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here as it is in heaven. We are to be taking God's will and ushering it forth in the earth. Many people today are waiting for Jesus' return. Friends, that's great. Let's wait and let's be busy while we're waiting, ushering forth the kingdom of heaven, having God's will done here as it is in heaven. The people had to repent because they were doing it wrong. The religious people, the faithful people were realizing that they weren't living according to God's standard for their lives. And how would they know unless John came and told them? We read later in the gospel that it was only those who received John who were able to identify properly the Messiah, Jesus, when he came. The same way a mountain road is created for people to drive on, the high places are made low, the low places are filled in to make a somewhat level path. He is the one spoken of through the prophet Isaiah in the New Testament. It says, A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make his paths straight. It's a quote from Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of Yahweh, make a straight highway for our God in the desert. How many of us are willing to be a John the Baptist who is preparing the way for the Lord? We want Jesus to return, but we need to be preparing the way for him. Many of the Pharisees and Sadducees who were the religious leaders of that day, think of them as seminary and Bible school professors. The pastors of the mega churches were coming out to him to see what was going on, and he referred to them as a brood of vipers. I am certainly not indicting the Bible teachers of today, but it is interesting to note. John says to them, produce fruit in keeping consistent with repentance. The numbers are not enough. The title is not enough. The respect from society is not enough. What is the fruit of your ministry? The byproduct of what you're doing is it in keeping with God's kingdom moving forth. 
Friends, let's stop making excuses about why God's not moving or how God's not moving in our society today, and let's start preparing the way. It begins with repentance. Search me and know me, O God. Find any unclean way in me. Expose it. Change me. Father, the things when when I don't want to do the proper thing, come and change me. Illumine that part of my life. Father, bring the heat of the Holy Spirit and purify me. Refine me like silver, O God. And Jesus comes out to John and is baptized. John says, I I need to be baptized by you. Jesus said, this is how we fulfill all righteousness. The Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. So often the things of the Spirit appear one way to you or to me. Somebody else sees or hears something totally different. Some people might not see or hear anything at all. They don't have the eyes to see or the ears to hear, but it was a representation. Was there a physical dove there or was it just a spiritual thing that took place in the spirit realm? Jesus had his identity confirmed by the Father as he took part in this water baptism. He had nothing to repent of. He had no sin but he wanted to fulfill all righteousness. He was showing us the way. And as he did that and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, God the Father spoke from heaven and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus certainly had no question about his identity. Jesus did not need God to speak openly, audibly for others to hear. It wasn't for the benefit of Jesus. It was for the benefit of those who were around, those who were watching. Everything Jesus did was for the benefit of those who were around, those who were watching. In Mark, we see a slightly different view of John's baptism. He was the voice of one in the wilderness crying out. The wilderness again and the desert are synonymous. It refers to a place of spiritual dryness. It's the place of tribulation and stripping away that we must go through on the way into the promised land. It's the place where the sins are exposed and we repent. We're made into better people through the struggle, through the crushing, through the pressing that takes place in the wilderness. And there's this one voice crying out in the midst of this place of trial and tribulation, in this place of preparation, who's saying, prepare the way for Yahweh make his paths straight. See, it's one thing to be on the outside watching God work. It's another thing to know his way before he does it. John was one who knew God's way before he did it. And he was proclaiming to the people in the midst of the chaos and the confusion that comes in the wilderness season, in the midst of the crushing and the disciplining and the stripping, John was standing head and shoulders above the rest of the people and he was saying stop repent embrace the fire be refined before it's too late now is the time of salvation now is the time to repent it says in mark 1 5 the whole judean countryside and all the people of jerusalem were going out to him being baptized by him in the Jordan River. God speaking, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. 
and then immediately the spirit drove him into the wilderness and he was there in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by satan by the accuser as soon as he had his identity confirmed publicly he received this word from the father the enemy came and tried to twist it and take it to steal it to destroy it satan tried to side rail jesus ministry before he ever really got going that's the way it is friends you receive a promise from god you receive a word from god be careful watch yourself because as soon as you receive that promise from god so often the enemy is going to swoop in and try to steal it as soon as you get baptized in the holy spirit the enemy is going to swoop in and try to convince you that it didn't really happen as soon as you get saved and you repent of your sin and you feel the indwelling love and joy and oil of the holy spirit filling you the enemy's going to try to tell you it was all in your head it didn't really happen but it did jesus begins going around healing people and delivering them of unclean spirits it's interesting in verse 22 as jesus was in the synagogue kind of like one of their churches it's where the people would gather and talk read the scrolls of the old testament a man with an unclean spirit was in the synagogue he cried out what do you have to do with us jesus of nazareth have you come to destroy us i know who you are you're the holy one of god jesus rebuked him said be silent come out of him and the unclean spirit threw him into convulsions shouted with a loud voice and came out of him there's a debate among believers sometimes about whether a christian can be demonized in our vernacular today we talk about demon possession in scripture we see demonization we see people being demonized like this man who was in the synagogue some would say he was demon possessed it's one translation it's not the best translation he was demonized he had a demon first thessalonians 5 said to the believers there thessalonica don't let the sun go down on your anger do not give satan a foothold there are so many warnings throughout the epistles from paul from peter warnings of satan warnings about satan he's seeking whom he might devour paul says test yourself examine yourself to make sure that you are in the faith don't let the enemy trick you don't believe a lie and miss out on the truth jesus continued showing us great examples by healing the sick casting out the demons not allowing the demons to speak because they knew who he was and then in verse 35 very early in the morning while it was still dark he got up went out and made his way to a deserted place and there he was praying it's so important that we get up early that we find some alone time we find a secluded place and we pray have that time with the father spend your mornings studying his word and praying jesus had this ministry of preaching the good news of teaching people about the kingdom of heaven and yet he didn't want them to know who he was he wanted to be able to go around and minister to people without the fanfare of the celebrity that would impede his work verse 46 a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him if you're willing you can make me clean jesus was moved with compassion 
reached out his hand and touched this man who was suffering with leprosy, who was ceremonially unclean. And Jesus said, I am willing, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him. He was made clean. And then Jesus sternly warned him saying, see that you tell no one what I've done for you. But the man went out proclaiming loudly, telling everyone, You must have thought, oh, Jesus is just being humble. I know better than Jesus. I want to make him famous. How unfortunate and detrimental to Jesus' ministry was that man. Surely there's grace, but I hope he realized later he made a huge mistake by not obeying, by not respecting the word, by being more focused on his own ministry than what God told him expressly to do. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but he was left out in the deserted places and people came to him. Friends, can God trust you enough to give you the thing that you most want? Will you steward it in the way he leads you to steward it? In Luke 3, John the Baptist is telling the people to repent and they're openly coming to him and asking the question, what What do we need to do? He replied, share what you have with your brothers. The tax collectors came to be baptized. What should we do? Stop stealing from the people. The soldiers came. What should we do? Stop extorting the people. Stop using your authority to hurt people and make yourself rich. But it's interesting that all three of these groups of people asked John, what should we do? There wasn't an altar call. It was repent turn around, come back to your father who is in heaven, stop sinning. And the people were cut to their hearts, just like in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost. There was no altar call. You crucified the Messiah. You crucified the son of God. And the people said, what do you, what, what should we do? Repent and be baptized. Nothing wrong with an altar call, but it's important for us to know that that did not exist in the church for the first 1900 or so years of Christianity. Many churches today have altar calls where they're trying to convince people to be saved so they can go to heaven someday. And friends, if you read the Bible and believe it for what it says, it's not ever about going to heaven someday. It's about bringing heaven here now, getting in on the mission now. It's a tremendous honor to partner with God to bring forth his kingdom now. And we are doing it by studying his word and making it part of our lives. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for being on this journey with me. See you tomorrow.